I can't quite wrap my brain around the fact that it is Saturday where you are today. Yeah, he's in yeah. the future, man. Yeah, yeah, New Zealand. What is the future like? Is it any better than this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Are we even going to go there? Are we even going to go there? All right. Well, I'm feeling warm. Yeah. Uh, let's podcast because that's what we do around here. Gearbuds podcast episode 90. I had to actually look that up. We're climbing. I almost man. did episode 89 again, which is <laughs> absolutely crazy. Uh, I'm Henry. I'm Dave. That's Dave. Yo. Hey, Dave. We almost got that right. Mm-hmm. And we have an amazing guest. I'm super, super excited to have on the phone with us, joining us all the way from the next day, which <laughs> is just still crazy. St- I'm gonna, I'm still gonna geek out about that the entire time. From New Zealand specifically, we have Ben Fulton, the mastermind of Red Witch Pedals. Hi, Ben. Hey, Hi, Ben. How's it going, guys? Nice to be. Oh, it's so. Nice this to, is amazing, man. Nice to be reaching you from the next day. Is that a Bowie reference? <laughs> <laughs> Could be a Bowie reference. We, Very uh, timely. Yeah, we already we already badgered Ben with a bunch of questions about the future. Yep. Unfortunately, uh, spoiler alert, didn't get any better. No, uh, but we're still here, so we that's something, I guess. Uh, I cannot wait to get into all the cool stuff Ben does with Red Witch as well as Sea Moon. Can't forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, before we do all that stuff, let's just get into some of our normal segments that we normally do because that's a thing that we that we do. Uh, that's that's <clears throat> the time to get into the Symphony of Corrections. So uh, if you didn't listen last week, let me just say again, Happy New Year because it's yeah, still a New thing. Year. Even though it feels like that was more than several or I guess a week and a half ago or mm-hmm. whatever uh, by the time this comes out. Uh, it feels like a couple years. So Happy New Year. <laughs> happy New Year. Uh, happy New Year, everybody. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Thank you so much, so much for listening to this and, and following us on Instagram and Facebook and interacting. It is really fun and awesome for us. So Appreciate thank you, you so much. Uh, if you don't already subscribe on Spotify and Apple and all of that bullshit, whatever. Uh, let's just get into it. Some huge, huge gear news this week. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, a, a major, major <coughs> amp, amp company was acquired by another another major company. And I think everybody listening, of course, knows that I'm talking about uh, Aguilar was uh, acquired by Korg this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fantastic that's a huge news. Sense, nothing yeah. else to talk about. No, no. Uh, no. There, there was nothing else in the electric guitar mm-hmm. worlds or amp world. Was there? Or a, there was a small thing oh, I wait. forgot. Yeah, that's right. Fucking Mesa and Gibson. Holy crap! Yeah, that's, that's a big one. Crazy. What? What's going on? There? By the way, I didn't even make up the Korg Aguilar thing. No. That really did happen this week, but nobody gives a shit because they're not really Gibson acquired Mesa this yeah, week. Yeah, that's that's massive. That. Um, What's going to happen there, Henry? Do you have any predictions? How do you? What do you think? I mean, predictions. I don't. Well, know. I, I have one that I told I you have earlier. Some hopes. I think I have some hopes for it. I have hopes too. I'm I'm very hopeful. Gibson makes excellent stuff. I was going to say now we're going to have this pre-Gibson era of Mesa amps, which yeah. I think is going to be really well, interesting. So. All of my all of my Mesa gear is now pre-Gibson, of course, <laughs> right. and, and I'm going to sell it for twice as expensive. <laughs> No, I don't know, man. I feel like looking at the internet, the sort of general consensus have been as everyone's like, oh, Gibson's going to fuck it up. But I, yeah. don't, I don't really see it that way. I don't know. I mean, for me, I hope it means wider distribution for Mesa because Gibson has a much bigger footprint. And, and maybe and maybe it means that I can start getting some discounts on some Mesa shit from some of my friends Ooh. that couldn't give me discounts anymore because Mesa didn't allow that. Well, if anything, if anything, that, that could happen. So, Yeah, I don't know. Is uh, is there any any uh, do you have, do you have a take on that Ben or is it just uh, whatever? Well, <clears throat> you know, both huge companies. Um, obviously, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Uh, you know, Gibson, man, we've all got Gibsons. 
you know, they uh, yep. they yeah. they made some incredible instruments, and and it's a sort of a new era of Gibson. So it's you know with a new CEO and a different direction. Who knows, man? I I have exactly. no idea. But uh, you know, both companies have made some incredible stuff, and um, you know, maybe you know, maybe it'll be awesome. Maybe it won't. Who knows? I totally. There was there was one quote, uh, Randy Smith, the uh, you know. Smith, the originator of Mesa Boogie Amplifiers, uh, that I that I saw that actually seemed most interesting to me. He said, "Quote that we will continue to redefine how we experience sound across Mesa Boogie and Gibson." So I'm thinking, you know, if you think about it, Gibson used to make a lot of amps, and they and they really don't anymore. So maybe Mesa is going to step in and start making like quote unquote Gibson yeah. by Mesa amps again. Yeah, the Mesa GA30. Uh, Right, yeah right exactly i've i've got a couple i've got a gibson uh i've got a what's my i've got what's i can't even think the one that i've got an old an old uh wow i'm totally blanking on the name but i've got a tiny old gibson amp that sounds amazing i love it mm-hmm. it'd be cool if mesa stepped in and did some stuff like that yeah also the other thing i read was that mesa uh is going to act as sort of how gibson has gibson guitars and then gibson custom shop mesa is going to act as like gibson custom shop for amps that's also. really cool i like that a lot because yeah. I, I feel like outside of boutique builders there's really not a, a line of custom shop amps is there i mean i don't think fender does one um, I'm I sure mean, you could, could say I'm like sh- Dumble. I'm sh- Dumble's technically uh, custom shop amp. Yeah, you know, but they're like, like a, ad hoc. They're kind of boutique, right? I mean, you would say. Uh, what's the difference? I mean, I, I, I don't, don't know. Really know. I mean, it's like you make he makes them specifically for the person. Yeah, so it's kind of a custom shop. I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be excited for that, man. Shit, even if I can yeah. pick out my own Tolex and and you know power section and stuff, I think that'd be really cool. Oh, so dude, always. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, yeah, maybe maybe I just like being contrarian, and everyone else seemed pretty negative about this, but I feel pretty positive about it. I don't really see it as a bad thing at all. But me too. Uh, right. Oh, also this week, uh, believe it or not, uh, we would have been at Nam probably, or maybe that would be in a couple weeks. Either way, yeah, right weeks. now they're doing the the virtual Nam. Uh, I think they call it Believe in Music Week. That starts. The 11th was maybe I think that's the day that this comes out so you can actually register for that online there's still all sorts of virtual events that I will absolutely be attending um, also CES is going on so if you're into consumer electronics that's also virtually going on this week so a lot of uh, a lot of gear news to come your way this week folks hopefully a lot of stuff for for David cool you to touch touch tips about touch next tips week. Um, oh podcast.com slash free stuff has been updated I realized that I've been talking about all this cool free shit that you can download and then for like literally weeks haven't actually <laughs> put any of the stuff on the site that's all there thank you for uh, the people that complained about that. Um, ooh, got a couple things for bad fucking ideas this week. Love Our favorite it. sub sub segment. Um, I just have one quick little Craigslist ad that I saw that I felt like uh, needed to be mentioned. And 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 just by fact that we have been on, I, I feel like I should mention for any of our international listeners, those that don't know, Craigslist is just like a wanted ad listing thing for yeah. where you can like list stuff. Yeah. Uh, someone else mentioned that to me before, like, hey, well, you know, you're talking about Craigslist, but not everyone knows that that is. That's fair. So, yeah, they're, they now exist we in every country. They're all called different things. Perfect. Uh, but um, my, my favorite from this week, and this is, this is a real ad, folks, in the musical instrument section in Chicago here. Uh, headline, Naked Guitar Lesson, $100. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm definitely clicking on that. So, I'm uh, clicking the, on here's it. The bo- here's the body of the email, pun intended, or the listing, I should say. Uh, guitar Lessons, Not Naked, No Need to Take Off Your Shirt and Oil Up, Just Learn How to Play Guitar, with your shirt on, oh, the so old bait and switch. It's it a little disappointing. Headline. I, w- yeah. I was thinking if this pedal thing doesn't work out for me, hey, you know. 
<laughs> well, hey, I mean, actually, it's still viable. There's just less competition, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, naked guitar lessons guy or gal, I salute you uh, again, as always. And I always implore our listeners, don't flag post no. like this. They're not harming anybody. Mm-hmm. They're just entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Let, it, let them live. Yeah. And it's creative, uh, man. I, I love it. I think the more you can get people to click on your ad, you know, do what you got to do. Yeah. So uh, Great idea. Guitar lesson. Not, not necessarily the cojones <laughs> to, to follow it through. So there's, yeah, there's a, a vac- little disappointing. There's a vacuum yeah. there. Someone, <laughs> the world, you know. Right, you've identified a market segment that that needs someone to fill it. I agree with. It's you not completely. the hero we wanted. Uh, it's but it's the hero maybe we need <laughs> for now. Like, yeah. maybe maybe there are a few maybe more. Someone will follow through. Yeah, maybe the events you of this last I, week may not have happened if someone, you know, if there were just a few people I'm out there that lesson. more offering that lesson yeah. at least, you know. <laughs> I, I fully regret not responding to this email directly after we're done recording. I will be reaching yeah. out to this person. Good. Maybe they're going to be on a future episode. We'll see. <laughs> uh, oh, I have to mention this uh, because just for a couple of reasons, uh, I didn't I didn't catch any of this before it happened. But I guess Kiss played this huge New Year's Eve show. Oh, really? Uh, where they where they broke the Guinness World Record for highest flame projection in a music concert. <laughs> I heard that. And for most flame projections launched simultaneously in a music concert. Wow. Uh, really? What a time to be alive. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Speaking of, okay, look, I know that we, we already sort of got the politics talk out of the way before the before the, maybe the episode's going to be. We'll see how much that makes in the episode. Regardless, how many people out there can honestly say that in 2021 that Paul Stanley would be their favorite member of Kiss. Like, how did that happen? Is that? I don't it? know if any, I don't know if you guys have paid attention, but he's he's actually like Gene Simmons is kind of a well known lunkhead conservative kind of shitty dude. Okay. Uh, it, it, Paul, and so it turns out Ace Ace Freely has also kind of jumped on that bandwagon. Uh, I was gonna Paul say Stanley, Ace, Ace was cool, but maybe not. Yeah. Well, Paul Stanley has gone the opposite direction and been like, you know what? Listen, and like he's had to tweet this like. It's ridiculous that I have to pretend like this isn't the case, but I do support Joe Biden. I do support liberal causes. Like it, like he, his fan base is such that he had to pretend like he wasn't a liberal in order not to upset them. Interesting. Wow. Well, and yeah. and that, I mean, he's, uh, you know, they're splitting it down the band. I mean, they're getting both sides together, and maybe that's what it's all about. You know. Well, Ace isn't even in the band anymore. What about so Peter really Chris? Is he in the band anymore? There's some guy with cat makeup, but I don't think it's <laughs> yeah, Peter Chris. Yeah, is that's the cyborg. easy thing about replacing someone. It's just a drum machine. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, that's surreal. Wow. Let's kiss. Uh, yeah. Just uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I've got a couple other sort of bummer news things, but we don't need to get into that. We've had enough bummer news today. Okay. Uh, I'll just give a little bit of nice news really quick. Mm-hmm. If we can toot our own horns really fast, and I don't think we've done this really fast, but I've I discovered this site called ListenNotes.com, and they maintain that of the 1.8 million podcasts in the world, we are in the top 10 percent of listened. Okay, or, or listened to. Okay, uh, yeah. So you know, uh, I'll take it. Take that for what it's worth. That could mean there are like. You know, 90% of the podcast just have never released a second episode or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm going to take it. We're in the top 10% of podcasts in the world. So We're, just uh, yeah, chugging just along, man. We're going to keep going. And uh, great. That's great news. Totally verifiable, 100% objective. <laughs> With that, take it. I get to now take us. We're taking it and we're running, my friend. I'm also going to take the opportunity here to say my two favorite words that I get to say every single week here on this podcast and those words. Oh yeah, man, we're coming in hot today, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to take too much time. We got an awesome guest that I really want to get into, but if you guys are looking for a good documentary out there, I found one last night on Amazon prime. 
Uh, probably one of my, yeah, which, you know, Amazon Prime, eh, they got some of the unauthorized, real hit or miss. Um, the other, the other kind of red flag was it's only an hour long. So, you know, most real documentaries are like, you know, uh, 90 minutes to 120 minutes. Um, but one of my favorite funk bands of all time, probably the hardest hitting funk band of all time, the Parliament Funkadelic. Uh, they've got a doc out right now called Tear the Roof Off. It's the untold story of the Parliament Funkadelic. Um, I'm not going to want to see that. Yeah, it popped up in my feed. I was like, I'm clicking on that. Plus, it's only an hour long, so you can kind of watch it. It's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spoil too much about it. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I did not know that they started in New Jersey as a five piece doo-wop group called the Parliaments. And it makes sense. I believe I've heard of that before. Wow. But, I did not know that. Yeah, it was like early 60s, you know, the Motown thing. So they they drive out to Motown. They get signed. They're like, oh, you sound like the Temptations. We need another band like that. They get signed. They come back. They're doing a photo shoot. And like two of the guys are like, hey, why don't, you know, we want to be in the photo shoot because they all have the matching suits on. And the other three guys are like, the older guys are like, get out of our shoot. You're not in the band. So wait, is, is George Clinton in the band? At yeah, point? George Clinton's in the band and four other members who are who who are also in Parliament Funkadelic. So none of them ever actually left. Um, so basically the older guys, including George kick out the two younger guys. They're like, man, you guys are just like the musicians. You're our backup band. You know, that's what they were saying to him. And they were like, well, screw you. We're going to start a band called the Funkadelics. And now this is like mid late sixties. And like, you know, the, the hippie scenes coming, the LSD is coming in, you know, the kind of counterculture that we had in the late sixties in America and in the UK and everywhere else. Um, so they, they jumped on board of that. They're like, we're this hard hitting acid rock funk band doing, you know, doing LSD and jumping up on stage and walking on tables and going crazy. And people really like, you know, really dug it, man. So the Funkadelics and the Parliament were two separate bands at one point, And I did not know that. Um, then I thought it was really interesting. Uh, George Clinton, not the best guy. Uh, he ends up taking like all of their money. Um, you know, this band, they, they end up forming back together to create the Parliament Funkadelic. And George Clinton, he's like forging signatures to get like, Basically, he has everybody in the band sign over all their rights. So he's getting all the money and he's paying them out. And it just gets pretty dark from there. Like there's a drug thing that kind of comes up. Damn, dude. Yeah. And there's like 20 people in the band. So he's kind of like, all you guys are replaceable. I'm the guy, except for like the, you know, the other core four members. He's like, like Bootsy yeah, well, Bootsy wasn't one of the originals. He, you know, he came right. into play bass later. But yeah, but Bootsy kind of was in there for a minute. You know, they had like three drummers. I mean, they, they changed it up a lot. Um, it gets really, really interesting, but I would say, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. They, they hung on, uh, they kept playing and in the nineties they were in, inducted into the hall of fame where the other members finally got some recognition. And I think it took like an hour, but they had every single member come up and they were able to like say their piece and say thanks and like, That's cool. you know, all that stuff. So, um, but at the end of the day, I don't want to spoil it, but George Clinton, not the best guy. So, uh, you know, be prepared okay. for some, for some dark shit in that one. But, uh, it, you know, check out. What Tara about uh, any any sweet gear spotting? Lots of good gear spotting, man. I mean, if you're into late 60s, 70s gear, you know, I mean, uh, you think you know that I you know that I synthesizers am. galore. I will say also oh, this. It's uh, for days. I don't know if it's unauthorized or not, but they use a lot of their music in the movie. So it's not just like fake. Um, they're playing right. Jimi Hendrix songs in the movie. They're talking about all their influences. So I don't know whether they slapped this thing together and just didn't give a shit about getting sued. But they are they're using whatever they want in this movie as far as footage and as far as clips and stuff so it's worth watching if you love that kind of background you know type stuff so um, i want to give it a my arbitrary rating for this one i'm going to give it a solid solid three and a half out of five oversized sunglasses and spaceships coming out of the scene (laughs) so uh 
which which was actually uh, you know a part of their live show was they had that giant spaceship coming down yeah. from the ceiling and that was actually oh speaking of Kiss they were actually on the same label as Kiss so I wonder if you know some of that had to do with all of the uh, the overblown shows like some that theatrics, you know, and, theatrics such, yeah. and such so Damn. check it out man tear the roof off that's that's my Dave's Love talk it. for today good Dave's talk dude thanks buddy. All right, that's enough of our bullshit. Let's yeah, start, uh, let's let's start talking to Ben here some more. Uh, and the way that we like to sort of do that every week is with a segment we call a couple two-tree randos where I ask you a couple two-tree rando questions. So, uh, Ben, if you could swap places with any band member of any band, past or present, living or dead, regardless of the instruments you play or their talent or anything like that, who would that be and why? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I would say Jimmy Page because that's kind of why I started playing the electric guitar when I was 14. Yeah. New Year's oh, Eve, yeah. 1990, I think, 91 maybe, and the live version of Stairway to Heaven from Madison Square Garden from the song around the same popped up, and I'd ne- yep. never seen anything like it. I didn't know who they were. There's this double-neck guitar, and then there's these freaking mirrors, and the sounds <laughs> yep. that are coming out, and I'm just like... It's real trippy. It, it's, it was, and it's, and you know, the, the, that's one of the things I love about music is the fact that, like, I'm 45 now, and when I listen to that recording, I still feel the same way that I did when I was 14. So I've, I've had a, a, an unhealthy fixation on Jimmy Page's playing, just to clarify. Not his personal uh, We choices. won't go there. Uh, and, um, yeah, I've spent a lot of time... Uh, and actually, there's something which we can chat about a little li- later on, which is, is coming out uh, in February from a new company that I'm involved in that you probably don't know about yet. But but anyway, oh. there's been a there's been a, that's a good reason to stick around for the yeah. episode. Yeah, I think, that's right. People. So I, I've, I've spent so much time, you know, uh, w- with that music and and with that playing sort of stuff. You know, like my 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 as a guitar player. You know, I studied jazz guitar for three years when I was in my early 20s, and, and it took three years to work out that I'm not a jazz guitar player. You know, my time is not, is not doesn't feel that pulse in the same way. But the uh, the thing with Pages playing is it was once described as like a guy falling down a staircase but landing on his feet. And like for some reason, yeah. <laughs> I, I totally get that. That's, that's, that's my natural default. So, yeah, so as far as a, a musician in a band like... Uh, you know that would that would be my that would be an easy answer for me. So that'd be Paige. Oh, yeah, I, great I'm answer, I think Dave, I'm, Dave. I'm pretty sure you picked John Paul Jones. So yeah, it was and actually you guys can start a band together. Song Remains <laughs> the Same was the first Zeppelin performance I ever saw. I've got the old VHS my brother gave oh, yeah. me from like the, you know the early '80s. So that one hits real close oh, to yeah. home with me, man. Do you love uh, just this, uh, just a, just a, a moment in that film? When they're doing um, Days of Confused and they're they're doing that mm-hmm. kind of build up thing and then they go into the if you're going to San Francisco bit and there's that shot where yeah. where Bonham is looking across at John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones goes to play the the, the CD minor mm-hmm. thing and Bonham just shakes his head and then goes into the film. Yep, you know that, but I mean, yep, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, man. It's that's, like that's a moment. That's like a, oh, a differentiating point between are you really a fan or are you just like yeah, I like Led Zeppelin. It's like no, you know that bit. You're a musician that likes yes. Led Zeppelin. It's that communication. No, man. And as a 14 year old, I'm like, I want to be in a band where people communicate like that. Well, yeah, and like their level of improv, I mean, you're playing Madison Square Garden, so, you know, their level of improv at that point was just like, either they just didn't give a shit and they were just going for it every single night, or uh, they had rehearsed that and maybe he was about to mess up. We really don't know, you know, so it was kind of cool. I think the beauty of what they had was was they had a whole lot of things that they, they, they built up of vocabulary of sections, and then they were able to jump between them 
they call yeah. themselves the band of nods because they give a little nod mm-hmm. or a wink or whatever and and then and then other stuff would would come out you know so because i remember um like the guitar solo in the boogie mama section of that there's this great the page plays and when i first mm-hmm. heard it, i'm like how does he make that up how's that possible and then a few years later <laughs> i got some bootlegs and i'm like hang on hold, hold. he's playing exactly the same thing Oh, oh, he's toying with it, yeah, yeah. It's like oh, yeah. like Frank Zappa sort of said in that that interview that was exactly. doing the thing. It's like you know the the solos these guys are doing. You know they're playing the same solo every night, which wasn't quite true with Paige, but it was it was definitely some 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 material that he drew on every time. Agreed. And that's the thing with Paige's playing too is I don't think that Paige could play the same solo every night. He could he yeah. had that he would be in that same sort of ballpark. He knew the same sort of modes and phrases he's using, but that's just not the type of player as he's not like mm-hmm. I don't know Eric Johnson or something like that, where it's you, he was you're going to get the same exact phrasing every single time. Mm-hmm. It's 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 falling down the stairs and landing on yeah. your feet. But he's always going to find that yeah. one. There's no doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely perfect example. Yeah. All right. Wow. Great answer. Thank you. Uh, as we just uh, as we just sort of passed the new year and we already said it, um, do you have any, uh, for for lack of a better pun, new gears resolutions that you've made this year? Oh, that's another good question. Um, well, there's a few things I'm gonna I'm gonna build for myself. Uh, like I, I we did about a year and a bit ago. We did like a, just for, for for fun. We did a little tour playing the. Um, the Ozzy Osbourne, Randy Rhodes tribute album live, and um, oh wow, yeah, I know that's so yeah, well. holy crap, I love yeah, because like R- Randy is another player that I, you know, when I first heard the cassette tape of that tribute album, I was picking apples for uh, two weeks, didn't work out so well the apple picking, but but I I I'd, <laughs> I'd borrowed this cassette tape from someone, and I was like, what what is this? This this is this is this is not Jimmy Page, but this is. Fi- <laughs> this is pretty so we about a year and a half ago we put a show together and we played the whole that whole album uh live wow, that's so and it cool. was it was great and i i got a uh the polka dot um v uh made made oh, oh yeah and i borrowed a couple of jackson flying v's from friends and i really liked the uh the the feel of those necks and so on that compound radius the 12 to 16 thing so i i've got one an old jackson charvel like like the cheap version of that one i don't know whether anyone knows the one that jeff beck used in the in the 80s there was like a, a it was like a bright orange uh i know exactly yeah with the white sort yeah, of weird like sort of shorty white pickguard. that's right yep so i've got the, the like yep. I, I thought it was the same one but then i found out that was actually a custom guitar that they made for him and then they they produced these cheap ones so ah. that's the only guitar that i've got that's got that sort of radius on it so i'm like in my mm-hmm. back of my mind i'm like yeah i want to put something together maybe get a warmth compound radius neck or something you know, then build something or maybe or maybe yeah. yeah maybe you know there's some really cool guitars coming out of um uh charvel uh, uh, that look pretty damn cool um do you want to talk some insider music uh like musician album stuff that version of d on true on the tribute record with all the outtakes and yeah. stuff is still just one of my favorite things to listen to where you hear him i think he's even on stage yeah. or something he's like working oh, yeah. out like, the different parts and that's kill it kills yeah. me oops um <laughs> my my daughter who's who's now 19 um when she was at primary school they had a talent contest and like uh so she would have been like 12 or so and 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 she plays guitar she's actually going off to study uh music this year which is pretty awesome but uh but i've got awesome. this video recording of of her she she played d she did this arrangement of d and uh 
So you know that song's pretty pretty special uh, for a whole yeah, whole heap of reasons. And not to mention challenging. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I, I posted a clip of it when it happened, and a bunch of my guitar playing friends are going, eh, "It's uh, it's not an easy one to play." <laughs> right, is it? I I still I, that's like uh, one of the only things that I still have memorized from when I was a kid. That I like if I want to try to like no, I'm just gonna like casually impress someone with my guitar playing. I <laughs> usually will play a little D nice. in there for sure. Excellent. All right. Uh, if you had a time machine, uh, and it's and and you can't say Madison Square Garden for that uh, song remains the same. <laughs> but if you had a time machine, where would you go and what gear would you buy? Where would I go and what gear would I buy? Hmm. Um. Well, it it it. it that's that's a challenging one, you know. There's the 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 idea of picking up a brand new fifty nine Lisa Paul is is or or, mm-hmm. or or maybe twenty of them. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> from a pure advice. <laughs> From an investment perspective, it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't need to make pedals anymore. I could focus on my true calling as a a, a nude guitar teacher. Uh, if I had that, if I had that, if I had that cache of fifty nine Les Pauls just sitting there, I like I'll release one from the vault. No, um, right. I, I I don't know. I I you know, it's an interesting one because I think the way one it brings up the thing that the way that we see gear now, particularly the way we get excited about old gear. I won't quite say fetishize, but we we do get quite excited about old gear. Mm. You know, that it wasn't approached that way when they were making it, you know. The, you, right. you, you read tool. You read interviews with the guys who started MXR and so on and then it's like, you know, it was just they just it was they were designers and they made stuff and sometimes there were players who did a bit of design as well, but you know, there, there wasn't the sort of you know, uh buzz about it in the sense of like the way we get like you know you you all of us i'm guessing who are listening to this and 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 you guys you know we 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 see images of old gear and it's like you just say things like you know you know that mar- that gre- that green hue that the Marshall speaker cloth had on the quad boxes, and you, yep. and you know, like that shot of Eric Clapton um, on the SG just wailing out those licks when he's being interviewed, and you look at the cloth of the of the speaker cloth and the Marshalls behind him, you're just like, oh, that's so good, you know. <laughs> That, mm-hmm. That's I, mm-hmm. I want my entire wardrobe yeah. made out of that. <laughs> what do you, my duvet's made of that? Yeah, you know, perfect, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, my bath towel, everything. <laughs> Yeah, my 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 children were slightly resentful that I made them go to school wearing clothes made of that. <laughs> <laughs> but why did the ch- <laughs> So no, but watch the clip again. We don't want to watch the clip again. <laughs> That's not true. I'm just making it up. Of course. Uh, Partially. But yeah, I, I, so what are you gonna uh, get, man? What would you go and get? Uh, that that's such a hard question. There's so much gear and. Um, so I'm allowed to choose one piece of equipment, one bit of gear. Yeah, but I mean, okay, look, I've got no a, one's saying I've that got you a, can't go and get a console. Yeah, I, I, li- yeah. I was literally about to say that. I'm going to go to Olympic Studios when it yep. existed, and I'm going to going to place the Helios console in the back of, of the time machine and bring it back. Okay. That's yeah. what I'm taking. <laughs> there you go. It's going to be the, the deluxe the, model we'll tie of it to the hood. Cam- yeah. camper <laughs> that has room yeah. for a full the, console. The, he- yeah. the Helios, yeah, that's, that's what I'll, that's what I'll yep. take, the Helios, yeah. Beautiful, love awesome. that answer. Yeah. That's been that's been uh, the Universal Audio plug-in version of that has been my favorite thing on guitars lately. It's mm. just like it's the thing. It's so yeah, cool. yeah. 
All right. Um, this this next question comes from our previous guest, Nick Brosty. <clears throat> he didn't know who it was, just someone else in the music world. And he would like to know, what is your favorite thing to eat or, or food that you think is necessary for a, a nice full day of working on music? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not a big one for breakfast, so I normally start uh, w- w- with just coffee. Um, but like, mm-hmm. you know, my, my favorite go-to food is just, um, a burritos, you know, it's one of the things I'm missing mm-hmm. about not being able to go to the States is, is, uh, sure. is, you know, I, I've got my recipe down. It's all right, but it's not quite the same as a burrito in LA. Nothing is. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <clears throat> There's those, that or San Francisco for that matter. There's just something in the, in the, in the, uh, in the, um, what should we call the wrap, you know, that like you just. And the, the tortilla, tortilla that's right. It's it's like this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether you can go into a shop and buy a, a, a bag of those tortillas, but but we can't here. Like they're they're right. not the, uh, they're not even the no, same. No, we can. We can. Yeah, just by, by virtue of you know mm. being neighbors with Mexico, we have we do have access yeah. to that sort of stuff. But the best stuff is still, of course, not what you're going to be buying in the chain grocery store. It's going right. to be going to like a local shop where they hand make the tortillas right sa- there on shop. Sa- but I, there are there are places down the street from me where they literally hand make tortillas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty it's a pretty nice. Someone's setup. grandma's making it, and it just tastes so good. Yeah. 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 So I I I, I, I just yeah I I that's. You'd go with a the simple, simple burrito, I think, for me, it's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Good one. I love it. All right. So uh, <clears throat> that's a couple of two Randalls. But the last question then is uh, for you to ask our next guest. And again, you don't get to know who it is, just someone else in the music world. But uh, what question would you have for our next guest? So, Dave, uh, any big weekend? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like it's dead, yeah, I mean, dead air. Is, is the podcast going? Is my uh, people listening to this be wondering if they're if they're uh, keeping you would be edge. you would be shocked at how much dead air I edit out of these things. What am I going to ask? I don't know. I'm not taking. Uh, What's your favorite? I, red I'm Witch not. Ta- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many more red witch pedals are you going to buy? No, all of the red witch yeah. Um No, I would just. I would ask. Um, okay, I've got it. Which song? Um, changed the way that you see music and why wow boom that was great beautiful i love that was that worth the wait oh i cannot yes that was was well well worth the wait and and the perfect uh perfect way for us to get into some more about your history ben so take us back i mean uh you already i think you already told us you started guitar uh around the age of 14 with that jimmy page solo Mm -hmm. so that it was how did you like did you get a guitar immediately like what happened how did that all go down for you well my dad had an acoustic guitar and um i'd I'd kind of played around with electronics a bit i'd like made a small pa out of an old hi-fi and i had some friends that were playing music and i was like i'll make a pa for them and then um the guitarist man you got some lucky friends (laughs) it wasn't much of a pa i can tell you Uh, (laughs) don't speak too soon um, and then uh, all of the sort of stuff happened at the same time. My dad played a bit of guitar and acoustic in the house, and he was learning. He played a little bit all his life, but he was getting some lessons. And then um, in this band, the the I think the guitarist left or something, and I was like, oh, maybe I could learn to play guitar. And so, and then seeing the 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 Stairway to Heaven live at Madison Square Garden, and all these sort of things came to pass, and 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 I just sort of decided to to get into it, and and I did, and I you know, uh, just didn't stop. So that's kind of where it started. Um, and pretty quickly started putting bands together. And um, 
uh, you know, I grew up in Hawke's Bay, which is like a, it's a sort of a region about halfway up the North Island in New Zealand on the East Coast. And it's, you know, it's okay. provincial and it's, you know, there's some, it's an interesting place because it's, it's quite agricultural and there's lots of orchards and so on. And, uh, you know, there's quite a jock culture or there was when I was growing up there. But there were also, there was also this great kind of, you know, scene of, of musicians we were all sort of coming up together who kind of re mm -hmm. were reacting and um, rejecting that sort of, you know, sports sort of rugby, rugby type thing. And, um, and the, you know, one of my close friends um, still to this day is a guy, Jeff Boyle, who has a group called Jacob. Um, it's a, you know, post-rock um, uh, trio. And like, they've, they, they're freaking amazing. And they're still going. They toured with... Um, uh, ISIS before ISIS was a bad word and and they and Ooh. and they uh, and they <sighs> that's so hard for me as such a huge ISIS fan yeah I can't uh, nobody talks about yeah this. Wow. yeah I feel like I've heard of Jacob yeah. is it possible that, like did they have did they have presence here in the yeah US and yeah stuff? yeah they, they've as I say they toured the US with ISIS so you may have even seen them with ISIS yeah. uh, you know tool tool the tool guys uh, really really into them. You know, so the, you know there was this sort of scene, and there's there's a bunch of other musicians, you know, that we were all kind of growing up at the same time. So that was quite cool too, in the sense, like you mm -hmm. know, it was sort of banded together with our you know mutual love of music. We all had our favorite sort of bands, and so like Jeff, you know, the local Battle of the Bands competition. You know, my band played like thirteen Led Zeppelin songs, and uh, his band played uh, like. <laughs> 13 living color songs because he was a huge fern and oh, reed fan wow. love that which yeah. you know i like the joke that uh you know one of one of us went on to become one of the best guitar players in new zealand and the other still wants to be jimmy page uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah vernon reed's no joke that those are not some i mean not like jimmy page parts are easy but yeah. wow those are there's some really challenging stuff there oh, too. He, he's just a, a phenomenal guitar player but you know mm -hmm. th they've they've done amazing things and i believe they're working on a new album now but, you know, so from, from this sort of this little place, which generally people think of like, you know, provincial, uh, you know, uh, orchards. And can the we beach. just call it the Shire? You can call it the Shire. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, I think that's what we, that I'm just going to be honest, that's what we imagine when we think mm -hmm. about it. Yep, pretty much. New Zealand is the Shire. There's about eight of us that live here. We all know each other. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, and in, in, in fairness, I know from previous conversations that you do know, know the flight of the Concords guys. So, I mean, you do know the other some other famous musicians from the from your uh, amazing. Yeah, I, that, that, and there's, I I I know the other five people too in in, in the Shire. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I was at, at university with um, Brett and Jermaine, and uh, I haven't talked to Brett in a while. No but way. but uh, I was chatting with Jermaine a couple of weeks ago on on the messenger and so on. And yeah, those guys. Are, done so well and so super talented brilliant incredible yeah how many redwich pedals do they use i don't know well because you got to make sure that they have some more yeah, I'm yeah. I, uh, the answer to that question is always not enough not enough yep. is, that is absolutely the right answer so all right we just i mean when did you obviously music playing music you probably start buying some pedals is that is that kind of what led you into deciding to start creating your own stuff well yeah like i remember like my the first three pedals i got i remember vividly uh we but long before ebay or new zealand's equivalent trade me the internet wasn't really even a thing then but we had like a local trade and exchange type thing for sale ads and the and the yeah. classifieds and 
And I remember my dad drove me away out in the country and there was an ad that guy was selling th- three pedals and I bought them and I've still got one of them. Um, one I really wish that I still had and then the other one I'm, I'm fine to not have. And so the, the <laughs> one that I still have is, is, a, is a mains powered plug-in DOD flanger, the 670. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, and it's, uh, it's, it's super cool. And um, Four knobs, right? Yeah. Four knobs, yep. big rectangular box. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other one that I don't have anymore that I wish I did, but I did use for a long time, but got sold due to financial needs when I was working as a musician as often as the way, uh, was was yes. a, was a uh, an Ibanez, the Flying Fingers looking um, um, phaser, the blue one. Don't remember the which model it is. Oh, the fry, the wait, the frying pan or something? Is that no, no, this is a little one. It was a, a not not the Paul Gilbert. No, one? No, it was a PH something or other, from what I remember. Oh, hmm. okay. yeah, but that was that was cool. Cool. And then the other one was a it was a Turbo Rat, and um, yeah, I oh yeah, yeah, like I, the Rat. I love I love the original Rat. I've yeah. I've, I've got oh, a bunch yeah. of them. LM three hundred eight. Fantastic. But the uh, the turbo rat just didn't didn't do it for me, so I, I kind of got rid of that. But yeah. so I got those three pedals and and yeah. and I you know to how I got from there to starting Redwich, um, I had no intention of even doing music uh, f- full time. I went and studied criminal psychology for a few years at university, and then kind of decided that that wasn't for me. So then I made the logical uh, next step to studying jazz guitar for three years, and uh, yeah, it's. Tale is, a tale as old so as time. the next time. <laughs> tale as old as time. Yeah, <laughs> it, it pretty much is. It's like, you know, as, as, as a parent now, I know that, that, you know, that's the sort of sage advice I'm going to, well, first you want to go and study criminal psychology, finish <laughs> yeah. before you get your degree, and then go and study jazz guitar that's going to set you up for a successful life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, that, yeah, as I said, I, I, I took three years to work out that I am absolutely not a jazz yeah. guitar player. Uh, I, I love, you know, I love the, the you know, that, that, that genre and, and people like Bill Frizzell, like, I, I just cannot say enough good about it. I, I and love yeah, his he's He's even transcended what one probably even thinks of as jazz at this point, too. He's just like, I don't know, God level. Or pr- something. Probably why I love him so much. Um, but um, you know, so and, and from there, I went out and and worked as a musician for a while, and then I started building some stuff for myself, and other people liked it, and that's kind of where it sort of comes from. Like my my um, yeah. girlfriend at the time uh, bought me an amp because we were putting a band together. I've been playing solo acoustic for several years, trying to be Nick Nick Drake, and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no shame. Uh, no, no shame. Just, just you know, it, 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 when you look at how, how it's like, and how did that work out for him? You know, yeah, well, <laughs> it's like three, three or four brilliant records. Yeah, and, yeah, not so, not such a great. Yeah, idea. yeah, an amazing legacy of music, but it's like, yeah, you know, mm. but beautiful, like remarkable stuff. So I, I kind of mm-hmm. uh, been doing that, and then my friend who'd been doing the sound for the for these tours. He's a guitar player as well, and we chatted and said, "I wish to form a rock band." I didn't have any gear anymore, and my girlfriend bought me this old amp um, from a secondhand shop that was not working. It was a valve amp from the early seventies. It was an old Holden, which was a New Zealand brand, hmm. and um, and so I sort of I'd always been interested in electronics, and so I kind of got conversant enough to be able to repair this thing and get it going. 
And from there, I started to make a few pedals, and then I should say paddles because we've had a few we've had a few <laughs> clips, man, on on the, on the social media and so on, and 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 just the piddles. It's like, oh my gosh, you thought of that yourself. Uh, you're a stand-up comedian. Just some truly pr- brilliant people in yeah. the comment uh, section, and no matter. Oh, where I you love go. it. It's, it's all good. But it's always like, listen to them. Too. You're a stand-up <laughs> comedian, aren't you? Oh my god, <laughs> I'm from another. Co- I'm so lucky. I'm from another country, and we don't say paddles. We say <laughs> pedals. That's no I in that though. But anyway, um, I said just work it out. That's what we're here, Ben. That's what we're here absolutely. for. You can just just let, it, just out. let it out, man. Get it absolutely. Out. Is it or if I lay down on the couch? Yeah. 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 I assumed you were already. I mean, when <laughs> when much. I saw you on the FaceTime earlier, right. I thought <laughs> that's what was going on. On the chaise lounge, just re- re- <laughs> exactly. re- your fa- your fainting couch. Re- re- <laughs> yes. Uh, it's been a long time between since uh, since Lordham's been part of the equation. Um, <laughs> we're going straight back into the Victorian era, long before the fifty nine right. less Paul. I want a harmonium. That's what I want for my time machine. No, I. Yeah, 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 uh, uh, box harpsichord yeah. or something. That's, what's the uh, the stylophone? Was it no? That's the uh, that's a Bowie uh, thing. What was the the uh, the the violin with the horn that came out of it? Tom Waits used the. Oh, oh god, I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum uses one yeah, of those. Yeah, um, <sighs> I can't remember what it's called, but we've talked. In fact, believe have- it or not, I, I we've talked about it on the show because I do a segment. I sometimes do a segment where I talk about some of my favorite records, and the Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum record yep. features that instrument, and I can't fucking think of what it's. called. And we right talked now. about what it was, I think, on the yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We sure did. That's yeah. good. Great callback. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well. So, so uh, red or read which, however you choose to say it, totally fine with us. Mm-hmm. Um, when when did that become a thing? Like when was it? Was it really just like, hey, pe- my friends are using my pedals. I should call this. Uh, I should start a brand. Like how did, how did you even take that step? Yeah, good question. Um, I yeah, I, I sort of well, a lot of stuff happened. You know, um, I th- doing the solo acoustic thing was sort of the main focus and doing this band was 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 kind of fun and then i guess it sort of started with um my daughter was born um five days after 9-11 and um obviously the world changed dramatically um and we'd had plans to maybe go over to live in ireland uh where my dad's Mm -hmm. originally from because there's an acoustic music sort of t- circuit through Europe, and um, you know you can you could earn enough to sort of to support a family and all that sort of thing, uh, and then and then mm-hmm. and then all of that just uh, you know gobsmacking horror happened, and the world suddenly was like whoa, and the idea of staying in New Zealand seemed like a much better idea, mm-hmm. and yeah. so. I was sort of looking as like, well, you know, um, there's only so many uh, people in New Zealand, and of those, it's a smaller subset that want to hear like a, a, a you know, my my imp- impression of, uh, of of Nick Drake and Jeff Buckley, um, and so it was it was really it was sort of thinking of like what what can I what can I uh, what can I do, coupled with um, the fact that I just for my own enjoyment been building these these um, paddles. And um, nice, well yeah, done. We, we don't need to comment anymore. Um, and um, and and yeah, the idea came, uh, and I thought, absolutely, why not? Um, and and so it all happened pretty quickly. 
I guess for me, like if I if I have an idea that I, I I want a project, then I sort of generally go get in boots and all, and um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I I reached out to uh, Zach Vex with Zvex, and I mm. didn't I didn't right. know him. Mm. And back then, he used to have these flash animations at the start of his website. You'd go to the site and it'd play a, a, you know, one of a number of different, uh, these little animated clips. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I'd never played through a ZVX pedal, but I just thought, man, I really appreciate this guy's aesthetic. It's unique. He, he's yeah. doing cool stuff. He, he clearly doesn't give a fuck. Um, and, uh, you know, so. It still doesn't. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I sent him an email. I said, hey, my name's Ben, and I live in New Zealand, and I want to start my own um, paddle company. And, um, you know, I think what you're doing is really cool. Uh, I've got my own aesthetic. I'm not looking to copy or anything, but wondered if you had any advice. And uh, he sent me like two or three pages of email back. Incredibly generous. Wow. Just gave me a whole lot of insight and, and suggestions and... Uh, suggested that I get in touch with the guys at True Tone Music in Santa Monica. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just, it was really wonderful, uh, you know, really generous. And, um, you know, and in the coming years, I, we, we met at the NAMM show, we hung out, we partied, uh, had some great times, and still to this day, um, good friends, you know. Um, he's a super talented human being. And, you know, were there any sort of specific, like, I mean, were there like technical types of, of recommendations, like talking, I don't know, talking about a fuzz face or something like that? Or was it more so like, this is how you handle a business? This is how you, you launch? And it, that sort it of was, it, there was nothing specific to design or anything like that, because, you know, I, I already had my own sort of ideas and, and I was quite clear mm-hmm. that, that, that uh, I wasn't looking sort of for guidance and that. But it was just things like, you know, I remember he mentioned scheduled purchasing, which I had no idea about, which is where you are going to, you know, commit to buying, I don't know, say a thousand sockets to use over the space of, of a year. But you commit to make that that order with the supplier, but you, you get the thousand piece price, but you get them in batches of, say, 200 and you pay for the 200. Oh. But that way you get the price point of a thousand because you've made right. that commitment. I had no idea about that. And, uh, yeah. and oh. why would you? Yeah. I, you know, well, you know, they didn't teach us that in criminology or in jazz school. <laughs> or, <laughs> or in jazz, jazz yeah. wasted, <laughs> waste, my wasted youth. Um, well, I can tell you that I went to business school and I don't, I didn't know yeah. about that. So I guess it's not every in, in any schools or unless it's like a specific, there's a specific pedal building, pedal school building school, definitely. Now, there's an idea. Um, that, yes, a lot of money in yeah. that racket. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, it's like uh, you know, it could be one of those pyramid schemes where, like, uh, have you seen the film? Oh, I just dropped the phone. Um, there's a film which just came out called um, "On Becoming a God in Florida." No, no, no. Yeah, it's on. It's on Netflix, and it's set in the '80s, and it's okay. it's about this multi-level marketing program called FAM. And it's it's basically it's basically Amway, and uh, oh Amway yeah. yeah my parents were in that yeah <laughs> same and um it's it you kind of it, it's 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 a comedy but it's also quite tragic as well because that stuff mm-hmm. you know I see parallels between what's going on now with some people being sucked into kind of belief systems and and crazy ideas sure. it's the same thing that draws people thinking oh, I just have to do this and I'm going to be incredibly wealthy um, yep. but yeah. 
yeah, maybe there's more money in a pedal pedal making school than there is in pedals. Who knows? Who knows? Absolutely. Um, uh, but you know, the, so Zach was great. Yeah. He, he he was very generous with his knowledge and, and his time yeah. and, and sort of welcoming you you in. Um, what what was next then? So like, okay, you you feel like you're feeling some confidence and like, all right, this is a thing that I should do. Like. Was it just all right? I'm gonna start making a bunch of pedals and hopefully I sell yeah. them. Yeah, and can like, I can I, you even can I can I rewind too just a second? I want to ask kind of like because you said you already had some pedals in mind, some designs. What were some of those first? Was it like a fuzz pedal? Was it you know a delay? Like what what kind of stuff the, were you playing around with the, at the time? The first the first pedal I designed was the Moon Phaser, and uh, and that was I, I was like yeah, I, I was like um, yeah this sounds really good to me, and then my friend said yeah this, this sounds really good, and so I was like yeah this is what I'm gonna do and. And, cool. and Zach had suggested getting in touch with with uh, with True Tone, which is a music store in Santa Monica. That's you know they were our first US uh, dealer and still going and great shop. Um, our, our guy Dave there, he's 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 still there. He's an amazing human being. Um, all the guys there are great. Um, but basically, um, we got uh, I, I'd sent an email and said, oh you know da 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 da. This is like this would be two thousand and two or three, two thousand three maybe, um, and uh, Ken, who was the owner, um, he said, "Yep, yep, we'll uh, um, send uh, send send us a couple over," and um, and I and I sent sent a couple to them, and uh, and I suddenly realized I started freaking out that like one of them I hadn't calibrated quite right. And I was, you know, you, you're anxious, you're, 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 you're concerned. Yeah. And so I, um, um, and it, was, it wasn't a case of it sounding bad. It's just I just wanted the suite to be in this exact spot. So I, I, mm-hmm. I ended up, um, you know, waiting. And then I get this uh, call from Ken and, and I'm like, uh, yeah. Um, so I, that one of those things wasn't quite calibrated the same. And he goes, yeah, yeah. I said, uh, if you want to send it back, then you, you, you know, he's like, can't do that. I'm like, oh no, it's this is. He goes, uh, uh, we need you to send another ten. Those have sold. They love them, you know. So, oh okay, he, <laughs> oh, you know, he, he was hard case, and uh, you know, a little uh, ball busting, but uh, but but uh, you know, and and that's and and, it, and that's sort of where it started, and that opened a lot of doors for for us to some of the you know the, the those bigger names that we. Um, that, that have used the, the products that I've designed. And so it sort of started from, oh, totally. started from there. Were those, um, so were those initial pedals that you sent, were those the, uh, in those sort of early, like the shiny reflector boxes that you used? The chrome? Yeah. Chrome plated. Yeah. The chrome. The yeah. Chrome, yeah chrome That's yeah. right. They were the first, the first, the first four, uh, and then the chrome was the, the moon phaser. Uh, it was the deluxe moon phaser, which, which was the one that kind of, there weren't that many of the original moon phasers made. But the deluxe moon phaser had the LED and it had the um, the stereo out, and then there was the mm, right. Then there was the um, uh, Empress chorus, and then the Fuzz God, and then there was the Pentavocal tremolo, and then and then there was the the Medusa was in there as well, but that wasn't in Chrome. That was a larger white box, and we mm-hmm. and we did like the the precursor to the Fuzz God was was a thing called the Fuzzatron. When the uh, the, tsunami, the earthquake and the tsunami hit, um, I think it was two thousand and was that two thousand four or five? The, the big one, um, mm-hmm. not the one in Japan, but the one in um, 
it came through um uh my mind's blinking but it was hor- horrific and there was you know it was it was mm-hmm. it's kind of been eclipsed i guess by the footage of of uh, what what happened later on in japan um, right, right. But there was um, there was a, uh, an auction set up um, for um, uh, pedal makers to auction pedals off, you know, to, to offer something up to, to raise some some money, and for charities. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I I did th- these five uh, fuzzatrons, which um, they were like hand selected germanium transistors, and you know this was this was this was only a year or two into Redwitch's sort of existence, but. It, it, mm-hmm. was, it was it was it went well. We I think we were the the, the total that the five pedals sold for was about four and a half grand. Wow, that's amazing, actually. Especially even however many fifteen years yeah. ago, like give a little bit of inflation on top of that. Yeah, too. it was it was it was a crazy uh, re- response, but um, but it was uh, you know, but that was that sort of started the kind of the the cogs turning for the the fuzz god, and and obviously mm-hmm. since then there's been like we're now up to fuzz god four. Um, so oh, yes, you are, and let's 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 press pause for a second because we need to talk fuzz guys. This is for a little uh, bit now. this, and I don't know, I don't I don't know if Ben knows this, but this is uh this is a connection between me and Henry here. Is the fuzz god pedal? Oh, oh the fuzz yeah. God oh, right. Too. Okay, we've got to tell you a good story really fast. Okay, so this is um, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm ter- I'm terrible with timelines. 2010. We'll say ten years ago. Yeah. Um, I had was in the process of starting a band with another buddy of mine and Dave, uh, who we're talking to right now. We're like, hey, he's a good bass player. Let's call him over. And so we had him over. And I was living in this coach house at the time where we would like also practice. And uh, in the basement, we had Dave come down. It like it was cool, but like I don't know man it just like it sort of wasn't happening or whatever and i had the fuzz god sitting there and we're like what if dave plugged into that yeah and it was just like that was that was it yeah and that it was, was so nice. you know and i wasn't a i wasn't a pedal guy at all like at all i used i had like a tuner pedal you know and um you know and i came down and he's like there was this one part of this song that just wasn't hitting and he's like just i mean i think you guys even pressed the button for me you know like <laughs> to kick it out yeah, at the right, right part or be. whatever and uh, I'll be honest, man, we uh, and, you know, that band, you know, fizzled out or whatever. And I had, I went out and bought a Fuzz God 2 right after that. And I literally used it last night uh, just getting excited about this podcast and uh, thinking about, you know, how epic it is that I'm, I'm talking with Henry and I've got you on the phone here and we get to talk about this pedal. And I, I don't know, I just totally get to geek out about that. You, so. You've made a decade worth of music with that thing on your. Yeah, I really have, That's man. And cool. I have never replaced a fuzz. I've never needed another fuzz. And I don't know if you guys market towards bass players with that fuzz, but I'm going to say firsthand that it's a fantastic bass fuzz pedal as well. And I know you have some other bass fuzz pedals in the line. But uh, this thing, it sounds great. Oh, thank so, you, man. Which are the the fuzz god too, man? Really changed my life. Wow, it really did. That's super cool to hear. Thank you yeah. for sharing that with sort of, So we were a gateway drug to to other pedals for you. <laughs> nice. Yes. It's like that first time, man. Oh, uh, oh man, that's oh. super cool. And you're always chasing that first time. <laughs> uh, that's that's really cool to hear. I'm delighted that we we were able to help in a small way. Yeah, and. Let's um. I mean, if you don't mind, like I know, obviously that was the Fuzz God two. We were all the way up to the Fuzz God four now. So like, just give us if you don't like for anybody who maybe hasn't played that pedal before, give us a little bit of sort of like a overview of of the design, and then maybe what the four, how the four is a little sure. bit different from the previous version. Well, the, the Fuzz, the idea behind the Fuzz God was that you know at the time when I 
designed it, there were there were obviously a lot of great fuzz pedals which gave you kind of the classic fuzz sort of sounds, and some of them which gave the the op- option of of uh, adjusting the bias on the second transistor to kind of get that gated sort of spuddy sort of sound happening. Mm-hmm, the Velcro exactly, thing, yeah. and then and then there were other uh, you know great fuzz pedals which could do really crazy oscillation stuff and so on. And the thing for me is like I like both those sounds, and I wanted a way to be able to jump from one to the other. I wanted to create a fuzz that would allow you to get all the classic, you know, everything from you know the Page Tone Bender sort of sound or or Hendrix and mm-hmm. fuzz facey type sounds, those classic sounds that we love right through to the sort of crazy sonic self-oscillation madness uh, lunacy and be able to jump back and forth between the two. And so yeah. the Fuzz God 1 was a uh, germanium um, transistor-based uh, design. It had two germanium transistors, but obviously there's, that can be problematic uh, in manufacture. Uh, you know, sourcing them at the, at the time was, was, was challenging. So then I shifted to the Fuzz God 2, which uh, we used the BC109 uh, tr- uh, newer stock transistors, silicon transistors, but they were the same kind that I believe Hendrix used in the, the fuzz face that he was using like in the early 70s, uh, early 1970. Um, and, uh, you know, it had a little more gain than the germanium as well. And then uh, Fuzz God Three was the smaller footprint. I want to do something smaller. It doesn't have mm-hmm. it doesn't have uh, it, it, you know quite the uh, the versatility of of the two as far as uh, the four controls. But it does have uh, uh, the six way dip switch inside, which allows you to set uh, preset tone and gain. And then finally, the Fuzz God Four. Which has got all of the, uh, the features of the Fuzz God Two and the Fuzz God Three, so but it's mm-hmm. got an eight-way dip switch in the back, which lets you find <coughs> dial in the, uh, the the tone and the and the gain, but it's also got a, uh, a germanium uh, diode-based um, Octavia uh, effect in it, so it's got three foot switches, so you c- mm. you can you can get this. Uh, you know, it, it covers a lot. So it does, you know, your normal sort of fuzz, which you can gate and you can Velcro it, and you can make it super smooth. It can do all the oscillation stuff, the Fuzz God 2. Uh, so the Fuzz God 3 didn't have the oscillation stuff. So the Fuzz God 4 has got the oscillation stuff, the Fuzz God 2 as well. It's got the dip switch, but an expanded dip switch on uh, the back of it, like the Fuzz God 3. And then it's got this Octavia thing as well, which which just sings, you know. So it's, it's yeah. Is it uh, like Fool in the Rain solo? style octave well the full in the rain is is a uh that's that, or is that's that a, a, oh no that's blue, a blue box, box so that's an octave it? down so this there is the that, right. this is octave this down. is o- sort of an octavia sort of thing so it's that's that, uh, like hendrix octave yeah, yeah but it's more pronounced than a, an actual octavia uh box it's 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 mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's the um the octave up is is more pronounced particularly if you put it onto the onto the neck pickup and so on it uh you know it just mm. takes off oh yeah well, Dave, I mean, I know that you said that that pedal's been on your board for so long, but like, yeah. look, we might have to think about an upgrade as long as Yeah, well, when the fu- when the four came out, I was looking at it, and then I went and played the two again, and I'm like, you know, I'm just true to my, you know, I, st- I keep it pretty small, true, too. I really have, like, the fuzz and the tuner pedal, and that's pretty much that all I use on the on the board. Yeah, so. if, if it ain't broke. Um, yeah, man. Broke, exactly. well, I will say, though, I mean, look. I, I I'm Henry the Fourth, so like anything oh, you with need the Roman it. numeral yeah. four is something that like I fetishize, frankly. So the, I will be getting one of those. There's no doubt. About and that. I also saw you guys have like a sub octave fuzz too. That's out um, for specifically tuned for bass, I believe. Right. That's so, that's right. Uh, yeah, the Zeus, the Zeus. Oh, uh, that's what. It, yeah, that's awesome. 
Thank you. I mean, you, you got to stick with the theme, God, Zeus, like it all, it's all there. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So we talked about some of these pedals and then look, I, I know I look there. So what you and I, we first met, I guess that was probably somewhere around 10 years ago. Also back when I was doing the guitar stuff over at Zounds and hanging out with downtown Michael Brown mm-hmm. and, and partying with you. I think, I believe I remember taking you to the hideout here in Chicago, one sort of blurry. Yeah. Evening. That, that, um, that rings bells. I remember, <laughs> I remember. We don't expect you to recall all of that. You know. I just remember. Uh, I I remember Michael Brown and I going to. Um, um, where was it that we went to? Um, I'm just. Uh, I've got a complete mind blank. The guitarist I'm thinking of. He's like absolute legend. Just huge legend. Buddy, buddy, buddy guy. guy. Buddy guy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah buddy yeah, guy's yeah. legends. Yeah. Is probably where that's, you guys. That's, yeah. Okay. That, that yeah. makes sense. Downtown. Yeah. I remember. I remember us, us going there and. Um, uh, yeah, I I was um, I certainly we got up to, we got up to some uh, some good times. I remember deciding that it was going to be a good idea to go backstage and meet the band after they'd finished playing. <laughs> I, I used to do stuff like well, that. Of course, you made that decision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um and 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 they were surprised, but being a you know strange man from New Zealand with a weird accent, um, you could get away with a, a tall man. Yeah, you get away with a few things. And then a Buddy was out the front signing, and if you got a T-shirt, you got a photo with him, and so on. And um, and I was trying to—I have recollections of, of trying to get Buddy to, to have a, a Redwood stick on his. Yeah, I'd like to hear. It that. was all—it was all done very respectfully, I think. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, and that's just—I mean, look—he's—he's he's a musician. He's seen it oh, all, and you're a business it. owner. I—I yeah. I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice By not if you weren't trying to get Buddy yeah. Guy to wear a Redwood. Yeah, stick. he wasn't interested in it. But, uh, but that, that, <laughs> and that was—that was fine. We agreed to, to, you know, to disagree on that. <laughs> but, uh, of but, but uh, you know, that was that was that was a big night with Michael Brown, and there were there were a few. Um, but it was it was it was that was I think that was my first trip to Chicago actually. Okay. Um, yeah, we had. I remember we did some. We did some sort of because back in my Zounds days, I think we did some sort of like training and then some hanging out. But I guess my point is that so after that, I kind of sort of left the music world for a little bit and went and did a bunch of random other shit. And so I, you know, sort of maybe lost track. You and I hadn't really talked much and all that sort of stuff. And then we reconnected at this at this past Nam. Well, in doing a little bit of research, actually, Dave sort of hit me to the fact that it seems like that there there had been some changes throughout the years uh with red witch so like did did i read correctly that you actually bought the brand back at some Mm, point that's right so what what happened is as often as the case with with companies you know they they grow and expand and you do what you need to do to sort of uh to to grow and uh i i sold uh half the company to two guys here in new zealand who had you know background in business and so on um to, sure. to, to sort of to expand things and there were plans and, and all sorts of things put in place and we got a board of directors and 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 it grew and expanded and so on and um and then uh, you know um and and you know the the whole lot of stuff sort of happened you know the global financial crisis kicked in there was you know there's a lot of stuff that occurred and and, and so mm-hmm. you know three and a half years ago three years ago Things things weren't in a great way with the company, and uh, and okay. I'd only owned ten um, percent of the company for like seven years or so, and um, and so we sort of got to this place where you know um, I looked at you know how how we could resolve the situation, and 
in in the end, I, I uh, you know, I, I, I bought the brand and assets uh, of the company back. So it's it, it it became you know two and a half years ago it reverted back to to uh, my uh, my ownership. Got it. Was there <clears throat> is there now sort of do you have more freedom maybe that you didn't have during that time to to create the things that you know is there is there less sort of red tape and such that you have to cut through when it comes to making new designs and releasing new products now? Yeah, you know it's it's. De- definitely, you know, because it, it's it's just me, you know. I've got a couple of guys that come and help out who work f- for me. But yeah. uh, but as far as you know, it's it's the thing when you when you're dealing with a situation where you know it's it's other people's money, uh, then everyone gets to have a say. And when it's a situation right. where yeah. it's just you know it's it's your it's your money, uh, then then you get to uh, you know, make the, make those calls as you see fit. So yeah, I you know for me it it sort of. Haven't been doing this for a long time, you know. I, it was October last year, and I, I just sort of took some time to kind of reflect on what I wanted to do, uh, and that's when we started doing, you know, the um, the, uh, the limited edition stuff that kicked off in December, uh, mm-hmm. with the the artwork on the top and the knobs on the top um, side. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah, is really the Pristina cool. is the Pristina one that's of those? That's right. Yeah, the Pristina is the uh, is is uh, the fourth one. So we we kicked off with Ophelia, and then we had um, Concordia, and then Serafina, and then Pristina. Um, wow. So you know, I, for me, that the the idea was that's like I I just wanted to really pour some time and energy into something which was just the really hands on, um, you know bespoke almost uh, approach mm-hmm. because you know we read which had got to you know it was it was a large scale you know we were doing thousands and thousands and thousands of pedals yeah and i mean especially with the like the seven sisters series when like the, yeah, the rechargeable yeah. stuff that stuff is crazy yeah. man you know it um it, like w- w- what sort of happened as far as why things didn't take off you know it's it's a it's a long long story but but basically it, that's just the way things go sometimes um mm-hmm. And so for me, it was just about you know um, what 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 are, what gets me up in the morning. What 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 do mm-hmm. I you know? So the whole thing of the of the artwork and making something when you look at it, you just go, damn, that looks cool. And when you yeah, plug yeah. in, and it's like, <laughs> damn, that sounds cool. And you know, <laughs> and I think that's like for me as a designer, you know, I I I think the only thing that that sort of I've kind of got going on that has been a real advantage and I, I have no idea why it is, but, but for some reason, like when I design stuff and I always design on a breadboard and it's just, you know, get an idea down and then start adjusting and shifting things till it, till mm-hmm. it sounds right. We don't do any beta test things or get other people, you know, it's basically when it sounds good to me, that's when I go, yep, that's ready to go. And for some strange okay. reason, you know, there's a whole lot of, people out there who are players who have you know who are far better players than i am who have far more successes as as, as uh you know as a guitar player uh, you know creating and having um writing music and albums and so on and being an artist than, than i ever have that that really dig it and you know some of my favorite guitarists are are in that number and that's that's the thing which i you know i'm like i don't know quite how that works out but <laughs> it's beautiful either way yeah i love that uh, 
I mean, and so obviously we spent most of the time here <clears throat> talking about Red Witch, I think rightfully so, but there are some other things going on too that I definitely want to make sure we devote at least some attention to. So, And one of those is the, I guess, relatively new um, project that you've uh, undertaken with Neil Jason, and that's the Sea Moon Puddles. Mm. Can you tell us a bit about that? Absolutely. Uh, so Sea Moon um, is, uh, is Neil and myself and another friend of ours, Jack, uh, who Jack Thompson, who has a distribution company uh, called Alpha. And um, Jack's uh, been a, a friend of mine for a, a long while. And basically, uh, Neil had, um, you know, a very strong memory of of the uh, the original Seamoon Funk Machine. And, uh, you know, he used it with the Brecker Brothers, uh, he he used it, you know, in the seventies, and they didn't just use it on the bass; they used it on the horns, you know. They used mm. it uh, pretty much in everything, I think. And you know, and, and but of course, the, the you know that company went out of business, and the ones that are around are you know in varying degrees of condition. And even the when it was around, it was one of those pedals. My understanding is that you know it had a sweet spot, but if it wasn't in the sweet spot, it wouldn't 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 be so great. That's right. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And so... It's, it's funny how many of those 70s pedals are just like that. Yep. You get the one sound, and then if you move anywhere from it, it's yep. like, oh, this, thing, this thing sounds broken. Yeah. <laughs> so so the, 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 the challenge was really is, was to redesign it in a manner that would allow the entire uh, palette of, of, you know, all that flexibility. So it wasn't just like it's just got the one sound. To basically mm -hmm. open it up so that it was completely usable, to set it up so that it had options for active and passive basses, so modern bass styles can go into it. Uh, obviously, the true bypass thing. We've got the mix control. Um, there's a preamp in it that you can use, which you can engage or disengage. You know, so there's a whole lot of functionality. That, like Neil, because like he's he is one of you know one of the bass legends. He's played with with everybody. You know, um, and. Uh, the the resume is fucking it's, staggering when you look at it's it. It's nuts. It's like you know we we, we you know yeah we, we, he's got incredible stories because he's had an amazing life because he's an incredible bass player mm -hmm. who who's just done some amazing shit and um, mm -hmm. so that was there was a definite degree of terror when I'd put the prototype together of my interpretation of this pedal <laughs> paddle. And I was like, uh, yeah, well. If anybody's going to hate it, it's going to be Yeah, yeah. I, I Look, I uh, at the NAMM show uh, la January last year, uh, we, were setting, we were setting the booth up uh, and um, it was Jack and I and Neil. And Neil picked up a bass. Um, I'm not going to say what brand it was. And he's just like, oh, this is awful. You know, just, uh, and it was, it was one of Jack's basses. He's just like, this is a terrible bass. And he's like, <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. And so, uh, the, it wasn't like just some random bass at the show. It was his business he, partners. Uh, it, was, yeah. it was one of them. Like Jack's got a lot of nice bases, right, but it was just right, it was sure. it was the oh, one sure. that was gonna be on the booth. But but it's so, so he's certainly you know he he's like most of those guys. They've they've done it. They've done it at a certain level far too long to to mince their words. You know, it's like they're just gonna sure. call it how to see it. So. Sending the uh, prototype, like yeah, this is where I feel it's at. You know, was was there was some trepidation. Um, was it sort of like sending your first batch to True Tone and, and worrying that you hadn't actually, uh, you know, pro properly whatever well, biased it or something? To, to some degree, but it was also this thing of like when people 
have a, a recollection of how something sounded but haven't played through it for a long time. Like I know for me, like I have, you know, some sort of rose tinted views of some stuff that I've, I've had, you know, in the past. And when I've recounted, uh, re-encountered it again, it's been like, oh yeah, it's not quite what it was. Um, Is one of those a JCM 900? <laughs> no, that was, that was, no, I remember that exactly how it is. Um, yeah. But the, um, sorry, Marshall, I used to have one too. Yeah, it's fine. Everybody we, did we, yeah, at one point. It progress not perfection um yep. the uh yeah so i i was sort of concerned that like you know the maybe nothing would 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 match up um but to uh, my um great relief and uh you know neil dug it uh he said that it nailed it and that it was better than the original and then wow. um and then so at the january show uh last year you know we had like uh you know, it was just a who's who of bass players coming through, you know, Marcus Miller and Lee Sklar and, you know, it just it, like, you know, Daryl Jones, you know, it, it, everybody came sort of through and it was just this, you know, phenomenally positive response. People who'd used it in the past were like, that's it. And then we had like, um, wow. then, the, then following that, we had clips appearing and there's Randy Brecker playing through it because he played through the original one, you know. Um, mm. And so so that's horns running through it as well. Um, uh, so it's been, you know, it's been really great. And, you know, it was, it was uh, cool to do the, um, to, to the, the box and so on as well. There's an artist here in Wellington in New Zealand, Gina Keel, who's, she's just super talented. And, and we got... The art is be- yeah, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful yeah. artwork. Love it. I mean, but I think that's, that can be said about all of your... Anything you've ever released, I think, yeah. aesthetically, design-wise, it's all no, been beautiful. Really, really nice. Well, th- Compliments oh, where they're where well. They're thank doing. you. You know, so the the artwork was was mm-hmm. was Gina, and and that was particularly cool because, you know, I I I knew Gina's dad, Leon, who was uh, an amazing bass player, lovely human being. Um, you know, he was in the seventies in Wellington. He was um, kind of known as the, the funk bass player, and there's a story about his band opening for the Commodores uh, in the mid-70s oh, wow. in Wellington and, and all the Commodores sort of gathering around on the side of the stage to watch this bass play. And wow. So he was, he was great. And he was like right back in the really early days of, of uh, Redwich. Uh, you know, he lived in the same village uh, that I did. And, uh, you know, I'd be down at the local cafe in the morning having my morning coffee. And he was just such a, an enthusiast. He was a big guy. He was big and shaved head, and he was a stonemason by pr- profession. So he was a mover of giant rocks. But he was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was an amazing creator and a great advocate for other people. And unfortunately, he passed away. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think over over ten years, maybe I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure exactly how. But but it, it's been maybe maybe fifteen, ten, fifteen years. But he was an amazing guy. Anyway, Gina is his daughter. So there's this amazingly cool synergy that like yeah, she's like yeah. super talented and uh, she's also an amazing musician herself. Um, but but she's she created the artwork for this bass pedal and then all these great bass players are going and everyone at the NAMM show was commenting on how cool it looks and so on. So I, was, yeah. I just, I, I'm sure Leon is just, you know, pretty, pretty proud of and pretty stoked by that. Of course, absolutely. Uh, so, is that the? <clears throat> is, are there plans to do anything else with Simon? Oh, yeah. Like, is it going to be just this one, this one thing? Or so? Okay, so tell us. Right, or yeah, can well, you? Here. Can you tell us can anything else about, about it? it? I I cannot share what's next, but it's, it's gonna <laughs> be gonna be cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I I as I say, 
it's not down to me to just to, to uh, just say what's going to be next, but there is going to be something uh, coming, and it, it's pretty major. And um, cool. Well, you'll have to keep us posted mm, because yeah. we will absolutely make sure that we talk about it. Quite yeah, a bit it, 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 yeah. I'm I'm pretty excited about it, um, but uh, it's 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 you know it's it's still in development. So stay tuned. Sure. We will we will definitely bother you for some details on that <clears throat> in the future. But I, I I guess then the last thing then you and and this is sort of the payoff from earlier. You mentioned that something's happening in February mm-hmm. um, that that we might want to talk about uh, that I might not even know anything about yeah. yet. So what's okay, going on, man? So there's a, a new company um, uh, which I'm doing the design work for, um, and it's called Imperial Electrical. And um, okay, and the first. Uh, pedal is just called Zeppelin, and uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, Whoa. and the um and the sound is you know for me it was the pursuit of trying to get the sound that I heard where the song remains the same basically Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. the the Les Paul the Echoplex and the uh, that that Plexi, and so it's uh it's basically it's it's got a, a an Ecoplex preamp section run at the right voltage and all of that sort of stuff that you know the people that that follow that thing understand what I mean. It's like you know it's it's yep. running well above the nine volts, and then it's running into uh, an emulation of the of the um, of the, the the number one plexi that that um, um, the page was using. Um, wow. And so the idea with it is, and obviously there's a million variables, but but when you plug uh, a guitar with humbuckers into it and then plug it into a clean amplifier you're going to get into that ballpark of sound so the, the, there's a certain thing that page had there was an angular quality there was a bite into in an attack that you know that I, I haven't heard any pedals kind of get that like i know there's been people that have done things with fuzz and then there was the there was a thing with it, an earlier show with a um, um there was a the, the Royal Albert That's Hall right, problem. yeah, with the with the high watts, yep. which is uh, uh, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. but the the thing is that there's this there's this kind of thing, and again, you know, to me, it was like the hook that kind of got me into the tone thing, where there's a sustain, but it's kind of there's a cleanness to it. It's not super dirty, but there's an attack, there's an aggression in it, and so on. You know, there's a, you can literally you can hear the like the little dents in the side of his Hercoflex, you know, seventy. Um, five, <laughs> because the thing with the Hercoflex, his pick for anybody who yeah, doesn't know. The, the, th- <laughs> the thing with the Hercoflex is the the, the nylon, um, and so they 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 kind of get little burrs on the on the sides of the. They yeah. catch right. So there's almost, and so when you hear like uh, the uh, since I've been loving you, when he starts that giant flurry, that big kind of chaotic pentatonic flurry, and he goes, bat up, and then but that the note there, yeah. you know, so the attack. It's, yep. it's uh, yeah. So it's it's been wow. So you're telling me that I I'm gonna be able to plug in to this Imperial Electronics pedal and this the Zeppelin pedal and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get part of, at least part of it. Uh, you're there. gonna play just like Jimmy Page when you plug it. It's like it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> you be like, but but Ben, I only play I only know three chords. It's like don't worry about it. It's like the live version of Days Confused, <laughs> the the 37 minutes of improvisation. It'll all come flowing out. No, it, it, it's 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 that's it's that particular sound from that particular that's time, cool, man. Mm-hmm. and it was just it, it was a real it's been a real labor of love for me because that that sound means a great deal to me, and it, oh, you know, awesome. 
Yeah, nobody nobody could listen to this and have any doubt about that. I mean, before yeah. we even started talking about this pedal, pretty much half of the show has been has been Zeppelin talk, which frankly we're here for because you're talking to a couple Zeppelin freaks here. Too, yeah. So. Yes, absolutely. All right, so February, like, what what where do I find out more about this? Like, is is there even information on the uh, like released about this yet? Mm, it it's pretty. Uh, it hasn't been, uh, you know, there haven't been any press releases or any of that sort of carry on yet. But, but it's oh uh, shit, this is a scoop. Mm, yeah, check it out, internet. But, it's, uh, but it, it's it's it'll be it'll be going out to all of the uh, all of the uh, the places, including uh, you know, we'll make sure that you have the full update uh, mm. on that. But it's uh, yeah, it's I'm really excited by it. You know, we we. Um, we, uh, you know, 2014 was when I really sort of took the things with page tone to the next sort of thing, and we, we did a tour in New Zealand, and we played the whole of the song remains the same show from start to finish. Uh, we, Whoa, we, that's fucking we crazy. didn't do uh, we didn't do the wigs or the costumes and so on, but we we used the, as close to the right gear as possible, and wow. um, and you know, there's some video clips of that. If you if you type, we call it Led Zeppelin, L E A D, Lead Zeppelin. LED uh, Zeppelin and Power Station New Zealand and there's a bunch of clips there Um, but oh you can bet that Dave and I are going to be checking oh yeah immediately after yeah (laughs) the the version of Since I've Been Loving You is 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 not not too bad Uh, but that was a real labor of love it was like 16 year old Ben was like this is the best thing ever um, it was sort of a, and now you get to make it part of your business yeah, too. Checking a box, and it, it, it for me it was like you know that sound. Um, yeah, it's just such a special thing. So yeah, that's the, that's going to be that's the first um, release. Wow. That's going to be the first release from Imperial Electrical, and um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I am too, Ben. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, we've already talked so much. Red Witch, Sea Moon, Imperial. Now, like, do, where? Where do people go? Like, where do you send people on the internet to go and find out about all the stuff that that you work on and that you do, and if they want to buy your pedals or get in contact with sure. you? Sure. Well, uh, Redwitch is uh, probably the website um, is uh, redwitchpedals dot com. Um, Instagram mm-hmm. is at Redwitch Analog Pedals. Facebook is Redwitch Pedals. Um, just those usual those usual outlets. Um, Seamoon is yeah. uh, obviously uh, it's seamooneffects.com. Um, and Imperial Electrical, um, I would just stand, uh, you know, stay tuned for, for more information. We'll be, you know, the, the, sure. the cool. press information be coming out. Wow. Seriously, Ben, thank you yeah, so man, much for joining us today. A dream. A real thank pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. No, it's it's definitely been our pleasure. It's, seriously, thank you yeah, so much. Um, again, everybody should go check out Redwitch Pedals and Seamoon and Imperial. There's so much cool stuff out there. But um, hey, Thanks for making it to the end. Uh, Congratulations. It's been a long one, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Worth it. Good job. All right. Cool. Love you guys. Thank you. Love you, man. Have a good weekend.